you know, Spencer, a lot of times with these uh, ad reads, we have to uh, pretend that we like a product, but this is not one of those. Right. This Um, is just classic. We're classic podcast connoisseurs. We know what's up. Yeah, we love we do love MeUndies. Secrets out. That's not just talk. Right. We probably love solid cologne. Um, Yeah, definitely. uh, But we definitely love Matt Bronger. Um, Matt Bronger. He's a he's an old friend of mine. I won't say too old because you know it's showbiz. So let's <laughs> let's stay ageless. But he is a fantastic, wonderful person that I have always adored, and that I never spend enough time with, and never work with enough. But he is really funny and really kind and really awesome. And he has a podcast called Ding Donger. Oh, you know about it? No, wait. Yeah, no, it's okay. You can know about <laughs> no, it. No, I've heard ads for it. It seems like a great podcast. It's a weekly podcast with actor and comedian Matt Bronger. You can go for a spin with him as he shares stories, observations, and advice with episodes perfectly curated for half-hour car rides. Does that mean he's driving during the, p- p- the podcast? He better not be because that's my idea. Oh, shit. I wonder if that's done because that is my idea. Maybe you can go on Ding Donger. You know what you could do <laughs> is you can leave a voicemail message for him and he'll address it uh, on his podcast. Oh, wow. I don't have a number for that, but just know that you can do that. Well, I bet if you like and subscribe to it on iTunes, the number reveals itself to you. Yeah, this is already on the air. I'm acting like it's new. (laughs) Recent episodes have included tales of harrowing bike rides in Southeast Asia, horror stories from Chicago public transit, and advice about everything from the creative process to the terrifying nature of bird-eating insects. Just don't miss a single episode. (laughs) Make sure you don't... (laughs) Sorry. Make sure you don't... (laughs) Make sure you make sure you don't miss a single episode. Subscribe to Ding Donger with Matt Bronger on iTunes, Stitcher, FeralAudio.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Matt Bronger. He couldn't be brighter. Today's episode is brought to you by Last Rampage, the new true crime film starring Robert Patrick, Heather Graham, and Bruce Davison. And we had the pleasure of speaking to someone involved with the movie. So, uh, my name is Alvaro Rodriguez. I'm the screenwriter for The Last Rampage. As a writer, to me, I'm less interested in genre and more interested in character. And, you know, I've written in a lot of different genres, you know, um, kind of horror genre, thriller, or action movie, or kids movie, or, you know, different kinds of things. And it was always more, I was always more interested in character and hadn't really quite done something like this before, but was just uh, really drawn to this idea of um, of a guy like Gary Tyson, who, you know, had been in and out of institutions from the time he was, you know, a kid um, and, uh, and having sort of raised three sons from behind bars. Uh, and how these three sons kind of grew up in the Church of Gary and thinking that their father had been, you know, unjustly accused and unjustly convicted and all of this stuff that they were getting fed um, from their mom, Dorothy, who's played in the film by Heather Graham. So to me, it was just, I was interested in telling that kind of a story, telling a family story. You know, to me, the most interesting stories are family in some, centered in some way, you know, they're elemental stories. They're stories that um, go back to, you know, to the most intimate and elemental parts of ourselves. So the idea of fathers and sons, you know, there's a line in the script about in the movie about that, um, you know, where Gary tells his oldest son, you know, Donnie, there's only one law you got to worry about, you know, and that's a law of fathers over sons, and the only way you're gonna, you know, 
get past that is, you know, by this, you know, by dying, basically. But kind of threatens him a little bit. But um, so that was really, you know, the touchstone for me, uh, trying to figure out how to tell that story. Don't miss Last Rampage, the true story of the prison break of Gary Tyson. In theaters and available on iTunes and all on-demand platforms today. For more information, visit truecrimelive.com or follow the movie on Twitter at Last Rampage Film or on facebook.com slash Last Rampage Film. Audio. All right, let's see here. Can you get... All right. This is just some warm-up music. Get, get you guys nice and warm. You warm yet? All right, let's get this started then, finally, right? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Harmontown is now in session. Please help me in welcoming your mayor to the Harmontown stage, Dan Harmon. Thank you. Is this the right mic to be using? All right. Welcome to our uh, uh, XOXO in Portland, which is a a festival about technological innovation. Uh, We we are into our third uh, technological innovation. I, I, I don't. I don't know which mic I'm supposed to be on, and I don't know. Uh, I don't know what happened with the iPad. I don't iPad, think anyone cares. We're gonna. I mean, we're innovating. Yeah. Doesn't matter. I uh, got two mics up here. There's warehouses full of uh, uh, homemade video games by a bunch of hippies and anarchists. Um, it's about independent thought and not having that uh, be automatically synonymous with growing your own basil. You can also. <laughs> You can also have a computer involved and think independently, which I think is a very important thing. You can automate your basil garden via laptop. Oh, now, you're, now you're making me miss Minecraft. <laughs> uh, I, 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 Spencer and I are both into a, a headlong into a, a Minecraft addiction that I don't think either of us ha- has acknowledged as like an actual movie of the week heroin it, type of addiction. It's really like I've done a lot of things obsessively and compulsively in my life, but Minecraft, Jesus Christ, it's like masturbating with heroin or something. I, like, r- like coating your hand in heroin. I, that's how and you then do it, right? Rubbing it on your p- penis. Yeah. And like. But the, your penis is a special heroin penis that has heroin receptacles on it. Well, it's like, well, my hand is made of syringes. Is how it works. <laughs> well, see, I, I was thinking about that, but I, then that's, that turns you off. Well, it turns me on. That's... Well, maybe they're like, they're syringes, but the needles are like those rubber, like, uh, kind of like dog toy little sea anemone oh, for things. Like... They just make it grip and... I was trying to get away from the Freddy Krueger. I mean, uh, I thought that was more pleasant than whatever you were just describing, to be honest. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> any description of anything pointy going near your penis, if you, it's, it's on me for going deep. Um, anyways, hello, Portland. We are... Uh, uh, good to meet you. Yeah. This is my second time at XOXO, uh, different stage. Uh, I wasn't here last year. I was busy, probably being fired or something. But um, I, I, I love Portland and I love XOXO. I think XOXO might be the first time I was at Portland. It was the first one uh, two years ago. And uh, now it's exploded, as we hoped it might. And uh, um, 
the, the, you know, we're here in a, uh, I think you would call it a steel mill. I don't know technically what it yeah, is. Does anyone know what this building was used for? A metal stamping factory. That's awesome. I don't know if factory is the word, but it's a big, it's a big grown-up building. It's a, it's like a, it's, it's a building for pre-industrial, or not pre-industrial, pre-war. Where real uh, things got done. Yeah, where our, where our dads, where our mythical ghosts of our dads worked. There's boots in the back. There's, there's shelves that were, that are only there to hold stuff with no, 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 no thought lent to aesthetic. Uh, therefore, now it's hip. Uh, it's we have a, we have a blue collar chic. We're in a vast canyon. I, I, if if anyone here is over forty, you're 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 in this place, and maybe you have all kinds of different connotations. But uh, all I can think about is Jennifer Beals. Um, what? You're like, gonna have to explain that to me. Well, yeah, you're twenty. You're twelve years old. What are you? I'm thirteen in yeah. December. Thirteen in life, you got it. Thirteen in life, life to you go. go. Your crime is time, and um, you just got your baby teeth out. There's a, there was a movie called Flashdance, uh, and I I actually have haven't seen it, but most people my age saw it. But because it was like in the water, like fluoride. Like like we all know that there was a movie called Flashdance. If you're over, if you're my age, then you know there was this movie called Flashdance, and you know that in that movie a woman is a dancer and a welder, and you know that she dances and then pulls a chain and then water pulls down, fl- splashes down her. And you know there's a steel mill involved. You know that roughly the same things about Footloose. Does she uh, weld while dancing? The steel mill became big in the 80s. It was like a big, it was a place you went to dance at the steel mill. <laughs> Until RoboCop finally put a cork in that and said, no, this is a place you go to fucking learn to be a robot again. <laughs> I gotta re- recalibrate my baby food shooters. How, how, how are your baby food shooters, by the way? Was that a euphemism? For... Yeah, for your for your heroin dick, oh. <laughs> with its dog toy spines. It's you know full of holes, <laughs> but good ones in a good way. Heroin. Well, they're track marks, really. Um, they they got Oculus Rifts here. They got. I didn't go to the uh, arcade yet. They got a, they got an independent arcade here. They make independent games, which are always so awesome because it's like back to the basics. Do they uh, take quarters? Uh, no, not like that. That's the bad so part. So they're of the even old days. more indie than quarters. Yeah, <laughs> they're the most often indie free. of all change. Like the you know as we as we progress as a society, we find new ways to make computers think more things faster, and all too often we then funnel that all into graphics cards and go like, how can I keep this, you know, okay, the fan can cool off this much processor this, uh, for this amount of time, so how, how, many, uh, how many angles, how many triangles can we generate? Are you that talking means, about Minecraft again? N- well, I'm, indirectly I am, yes, because I think the other way is to go like, okay, no, computers can do more now, so let's, like, actually, if it looks like Pac-Man, you can have Pac-Man do more shit. <laughs> like, he could eat way more than a key. <laughs> We thought that was the most Pac-Man could ever eat was a key. I never got past cherries, if I'm honest. Yeah, you got to get to the key, bro. Jeez. What level <sighs> is that? I don't know. What? What were you going to say? What level is the key on? It's like the maximum level. You can't eat anything past a key. <laughs> <laughs> and it that's makes sense, because why would you? <laughs> that's words to live by right there. Uh, you can't eat a key. Uh... All right, so here we are in Portland where uh, my fiancé and I keep thinking we want to move to, and I keep... I, I, I imagine that 
there was a okay. There was you know there was you heard that a couple yeah, people. Yeah, a said, lot of Whoa. people aren't into the idea. Exactly. <laughs> there, there, there's. I think there's a lot of people probably going. Don't move to Portland, you fucking asshole. <laughs> not because not because of me, but just because everyone stopped moving to Portland. Maybe I don't know. I'm I don't know how them. you guys feel about that. Do you want everyone to move to Portland? Some people do. That's weird. Only some, though. I mean, maybe they're new. <laughs> all the people in the front. Like, yeah, we don't know. Like, don't move to Portland, and all the people that moved to Portland—they're in the back because they just got here. Everyone else hates us. Come here. <laughs> it's a good time. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I was, I'm also fascinated with the uh, the overcast weather thing because uh, I love the it. People in Portland are so apologetic for it, and people from LA they go, "No, you don't understand. I don't care. I hate the sun. Uh, the sun is is it, you you. It's you want to kick it in the sun balls? Yeah, I said that earlier on the yeah, sidewalk. I, stole I was like, that from you. Fucking, I, I just came to Portland. I was looking forward to hiding from this fucking yellow maniac. This. <laughs> This fucking orange Hitler, this 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 spherical fucking uh, Ayatollah, like, like lording over everything, demanding everything of you, reflecting everything. And I think in Portland, I think I feel like their sidewalks are more reflective because they miss the sun so much that they're like, it'll it'll be here one day, and when it's here, there'll be a parade. But like. <laughs> You come from L.A. and you're like, why are you trying to simulate the fucking godless desert that I came here from? I just, I want the gray skies and the shade and the, the, the dark, boozy cloisters uh, and the independent video games. The yogurt. Is he, no, there's no yogurt. Yeah, is there no... They don't, they don't like yogurt here. <clears throat> I, I, I might have got them mixed up with uh, uh, yogurt Seattle. Topia. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Someone, Home of the yogurt. Someone told me backstage that they like yogurt. Here's here's <laughs> here, one here's, guy here likes yogurt. Here's some, here's something else a guy told me backstage. This is a little weird, and I don't want this guy to kill himself me telling this story. But we I, admire him I, in I, some I, ways. I, 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 this guy is fine. He should not be ashamed of himself. But he should also not. understand that, as I think he understood when he did this, that this is that this, he is the first person that has ever done this. Um, and I thought it was notable. I was. I was in the back, uh, hunched over a uh, cooler, getting my uh, contractually required bottle of Kettle One out of a <laughs> few bags of ice. And you now there's five people run back there, and it's goodbye uh, evening. Um, the uh, but I was I was pouring a drink, and this guy came back, and he. I'll do an impression of him, and I, please, sir, wherever you are. Don't feel bad about yourself, but I have to share this. It's just interesting. You it's did interesting. this to me. I get to do it to everyone. I get to turn it into something. Uh, You're part of something now. A guy, he came up and he said, uh, Dan Harmon? And I said, yes. And he said, uh, look, I, uh, he kind of, he said something very quickly along the lines of like, you know, my friends told me not to do this and I thought maybe I shouldn't do it, but here we go. And he... <laughs> And I was like, oh my God, this is how John Lennon died. <laughs> but he pulled out a phone and I was like, oh, he wants a picture. I'm a very handsome person. I, I, I approve of this. Um, but then he opened the phone and then he just opened it up and he went like, I'm going to make this up because I think this kind of person like values the intellectual property he was reading, so I'll make a new thing up. But he's like, uh, Alan Alda plays a Midwestern man who is transported to a different dimension. And he just rattled off. He just, he just, he just read a pitch off of his phone. 
He just read it off of his phone. That's so much guts, though. I could never do anything close to that. Why? Because of your conscience? <laughs> yeah, what, yeah. What, what horrible wall that. is between you and that brave act? <laughs> Empathy! I mean, mer- Empathy! Empathy! It's- Empathy is what stand. It is not a wall! It is an invitation! Empathy! It's not a wall? It's not a wall! that keeps you from being a sociopath. <laughs> it's not like video games where there's a thing you can't do so you just fucking try to do it. The walls in society are there sometimes because... <sighs> very brave, though. Very brave. Very brave. Uh, Inarguably yeah. brave. Murder- yes, no one denies that. Murder's Here are some brave. other brave people throughout society. Hitler. Abe Lincoln. Hitler. John Wayne Gacy. Jeffrey Dahmer. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. <laughs> Kanye West. Fans. Kanye West running up and saying, Taylor Swift, give me that microphone. Fuck you. It was brave. And yeah. Yes, bravery is, a, is an amoral descriptor. Uh, agreed, uh, certainly. It yeah. has nothing to do with good or bad. There are brave Ted Bundys. There are brave George Washingtons. There are brave Japanese senators. There are brave Ku Klux Klan dragons. It is brave to fuck with people. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It's terrible, but brave. <clears throat> it's an interesting. I meet dichotomy. some brave people. So did John Lennon. <laughs> John Lennon went out meeting one of the bravest people he will ever meet. <laughs> so, forgive me for not putting a high value on bravery. I'm not putting a high value on it. I'm just I, in my old age, notable. As I travel the country, I start to put something like, you know, tact higher than bravery. <laughs> uh, that's me. That's my self-interest. I'm like, oh, that's a tactful man. I appreciate him more. Maybe I'll conflagrate them and, and, and go like, uh, you know, what? That, it's brave to be that tactful. Tact is brave. No, it's not. Tact can be brave in a tactless Tact society. Tact is very cowardly, I think. I mean, not that I, I'm very tactful and I am very... I'm a huge coward. I don't know how I don't, I don't know how brave tact is, or how cowardly. I, don't, I mean, that's that's like I that's a, that's a huge question. I, I am a I am a I am a I don't I don't think I have a right to say this about myself, but I, just as a uh, as a as a shortcut, a autistic type, um, a, and and a lot of my fans are like spectromatic. Sp- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a- aspergatastic, uh, aspergistas, and I, I and I and I love them. And you yourself, yeah. Uh, I you uh, Spencer is my dungeon master, chauffeur, and personal assistant. And uh, he I picks wear... me up in the morning, and I get into your Subaru, and I I I, I some we can drive for a half hour and not talk to each other. Yeah. Sometimes you play your podcast of those guys that play those Nintendo songs. And then argue about what genre they are and stuff. And those, yeah, we just, I'm just listening to 16-bit music from Spencer's youth. It's like... And, 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 and then sometimes we'll listen to a podcast about uh, you know, how dolphins. bridges are made or dolphins. Uh, and then sometimes we'll talk about Minecraft. 
but we don't have to do anything. I don't have to look at you. We don't have to look at each other. We'll never get mad at each other. You'll never like slam a door and I'll be like, baby, what's up? I just, you know, it's been a long time since you said you appreciated me. Um, that is a luxury we have as Vulcans. Uh, yeah. Then there's these handicaps when we deal with other people. They go, like, sometimes they slam doors and we go, what's going on? I don't understand. Well, it's been a long time since you said you appreciated me. Well, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Also, just close the door and be mad. Yes. Can't you just stop feeling things? Yeah. Isn't it on you? <laughs> the thing that's making you cry. Unplug it. <laughs> Why is this, why is the solution to make me, like, fucking more that when I'm still able to saw wood while ignoring your feelings? What if aliens attack and they go, quick, get them, they're all crying. You'll be the only survivor, Dan. Well, they will turn to us and they will go, Asperger people, help us. There are worm men from the moon attacking us. And we'll laugh at them. Yes. Well, and they'll we'll, perish. Yes. And then they'll go, yeah, you're laughing, you're human, and then we'll die. Um, the, the, uh, anyways, what was, I, what was my point? I was saying, like, I'm used to these interactions, and I value them. I like, I like uh, people who can't make eye contact with me. I like, I like uh, people who want to have honest conversations and sincere ones and get down to the nitty-gritty. But there's also, there is, a, there is a cowardly version of tactlessness. There's the I don't make small talk version. And then there's the, actually, I do. I, I am going to say what's easy. I am going to just, like, barf up some weird shit because I think that it's, like, some kind of weird strategic way to put you off kilter and, you know, make you vulnerable. And you can see that technique being employed, and you're like, what are you trying to do? Why are you... So you think that saying hello, I, I like you, is, like, something weak people do, so you're going to say, you're going to insult me, or, you know, put me off, and I'm going to, like, hang a, you know, a Star Wars medal around your neck and go, like, you're the first person that ever, like, barfed shit on me in an elevator. Um, that's, but those people know. aren't, right? Like, that happens a lot. To, to people who... Well, like, to you. Like, people are like, oh, I'm sure everyone does this, so I'm going to... But then all of those people are doing that exact same thing. I... Yes. I mean, I, but, but I, would, I would put a big asterisk on that and say that uh, anyone that, uh, that, that it likes me is better than other people. Like... <laughs> I, by and large, like, because by the time you make it over those walls... See, that's weird. Like, you are a Marine yeah. of... of <laughs> like, you, you are a better person. So even my worst fan, I think, would beat, you know, Kevin Smith's best fan in a... Uh, <laughs> In a fan-off? I don't know. Just in a general, like, I feel like... And I, please, I hope that gauntlet doesn't get too thrown down. <laughs> that's, that's the last thing I need. Well, that's um, weird because, you know, you, if, if someone likes me, I, I'm a self-hating individual. If someone likes me, I instantly hate them. Like, I just... I don't trust them. It's like, why... Yeah, they need to earn your trust. If they like you, you they need to earn your trust. Well, because it's like, you... I mean, what do you... What are you looking at? I mean, it's just a big fat guy, right? Do I have gold in my ear or something? I don't, like, what do you Do want? I have gold in my ear? I usually do. That's the thing. Do you usually do? Yeah. I mean, it's a big problem in my life. <laughs> People are always trying to get out the gold in my ear, and it's, they're gold diggers. <laughs> Guest comptroller Spencer Crittenden, everybody. Just, Thank uh, you. 
How, how many, uh, there's no right or wrong answer to how many people are, I know you're all, you're all registered with XOXO so you could be in this room, but how many of you in addition to that are fans of Harmontown, the, the podcast? Hey, that's Oh, not nice. that many, actually. All right, well, we should really be more on our game than we have been the last half hour. I apologize. I thought I was, uh, most of these people are like, when's he going to talk about uh, Pascal programming? Uh, I'm I'm sorry. Uh, I'm not going to. Uh, when's Good. he going to talk about any kind of innovation in any sort of medium? <laughs> um, I uh, I want to I want to I want to meet somebody from Portland. I don't know if there's any of those people here, but uh, and I think we have to be more specific than that. We have, we want to reward. Usually at Harmontown, what we do is we bring up people who have traveled the farthest, but that would be kind of pointless here because we've traveled. Uh, so I want to meet a Portland person. And uh, but how do you pick the right Portland person to talk to? Uh, the well, sorry, what? The, the, who, whoever's closest to this geographic point. All right, we invert the whole thing. Okay, who lives the closest to this abandoned steel mill? We have some, we have some hands here. I'm going to vet you. I have no way of proving it, but what's your name? Stephanie. I live at 18th and Morrison, so I'm about 10 blocks away. 18th and Morrison, 10, 10 blocks away. 10 Who can blocks. Beat? I got 10 blocks away, 10, 10 blocks. blocks away. I got 10 blocks, 18th and Morrison. Pink hair, pink hair, lady in the pink hair. How close do you live? Sixth and Cooch. Sixth and Cooch. I got six and Cooch here. Sounds disgusting, but also intimately close. Six and Cooch. I got six and Cooch here. Anybody close to the six and Cooch? I got a friend with blue hair pointing at a, a just randomly. Oh, pointing, pointing, pointing. Okay. All right. Coming over there. Coming over there. Six and Cooch. Six and Cooch. Sounds closer than 18th and Morrison for no reason. For all I know, we're on 17th and Mora Cooch. All right. All right. Purple hair. Where do you live? 13th and Salmon. 13th Whoa. and Salmon. All right. I'll take your word for it. Sounds familiar. I think the word Salmon, I think we're on Salmon or something. Yeah. Uh, all right. What's, what's your name, young lady? McKenna, are you, are you willing to come up uh, and talk to us? We don't, we don't pick on people. It's not like a... I'm not like Jim Norton or... Okay. Also, I already forgot your name because I get nervous. McKenna. W McKenna. That's your first name? Yeah. Okay, kind of weird. <laughs> <clears throat> Most people use it as their last name. It's Let's fine. Let's give a round of applause uh, to uh, McKenna, uh, everybody. Uh, you can take that mic and have a seat. Uh, are, you, are you allowed to drink? Yeah. Do you want to drink? I'm not drunk enough right now. <laughs> uh, are you, are you, you're 21? Yeah. Okay. Do you want a, do you want a vodka? That's all we have. That that would be amazing. Right, so this, we have a, we have a, a basin of molten steel in the back too. Okay. I can I can, can I can, like I can make you together. iron yeah. pants. Uh, or, <laughs> hey Elizabeth, can you make McKenna a drink? Uh, Elizabeth <laughs> is our drink maker for the evening. Thank you. <laughs> she also happens to be dating our producer Dustin Marshall, but I swear to God, you can get this job just by working hard. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's not. It's an egalitarian uh, uh, meritocracy Definitely. at Harmontown. There's absolutely no reason why you couldn't uh, absolutely replace her. No foam head on that. <laughs> 
all if you, if you talk to her after the show, you know, uh, it, within your conversation, feel her out for weaknesses. See if you can, <laughs> see if you can figure out a way to get in there. The, this is my ultimate weakness happening at the moment. What is it? So, what is uh, it? Uh, being in front of a ton of people. Oh yeah, yeah. Same here. <laughs> no, I hate it too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, so, okay, yeah, well, you'll, you'll get used to it. It's, it doesn't, it just, you have to just like, I don't know, picture them in your underwear. Okay. Um, and then they're like uncomfortable because they're like, these haven't been washed in ever. Like, <laughs> well, that's mean. She probably washes her underwear. Come on. Oh, yeah, picture them, in, picture them in my underwear. I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, so, McKenna. It's gonna take me a while to get used to that. Yeah. One of it's your like, best friends is called McKenna. I know. That's why it's like McKenna. They're like, like I want to. I want you to like take a bullet for me. I don't oh. want to treat I'll you nice. I'll consider it. We'll we'll see how this conversation goes. Okay. <laughs> All right. So McKenna, you. So what do you think of those people over on Cooch? Um. <laughs> <laughs> Seem kind of entitled. Yeah. Like, okay. oh, the, yeah. I'm closer Cooch. than Morrison. Everybody, pay attention to me. At least, the worst is when people say couch, though. Oh. That's how you, like, know they're... Is it spelled you... couch? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, so it's... It's the New York... I've never uh, seen the sign. It's the New York Houston trap. Yeah. That's terrible. Yeah. Houston? Houston, and then if you, if you don't say Houston, then you know, Houston. fuck this guy. Kick him out of New York. Yeah. His crystal on his palm starts blinking. <laughs> Houston? They, they take you up and they drop you into the Statue of Liberty's torch. <laughs> Same with Edinburgh, Scotland. Edinburgh. Ed, well, you say it, like, uh, you say it like, like butter. You go, Edinburgh. Edinburgh. Yeah. Edinburgh. 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 Uh, anyways, McKenna. <laughs> so, wh- how long have you lived in Portland? Um, around 11 years. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And so, since you were three. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the, the, so you moved here from where? Um, I'm from Oregon. Right. So We're, like you're still in Oregon. An hour south of here. <laughs> All right. Oh, so you just you 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 were like me in Wisconsin. You uh you were you were you were born in a vat in the suburbs, kind of like somewhere in a basement. Exactly. And then yeah. Your parents hit you in with a, a belt and then sent you you like <laughs> moved to the city. Yeah. All right, and said I'm I'm gonna show all of you. Ma- Madison, <laughs> the guy just yelled out, yes, that is a city in Wisconsin. <laughs> I think that's the guy that read me the pitch. On the... I can't tell. I can't tell. I don't think so. It's bright. The lights are bright, but... Uh, I mean, you haven't lived until... And then he's just reciting it. And then he was like, hey, I figured, what the hell? And I'm like, yeah, what could it hurt you? To read me a pitch. <sighs> there's, I, don't, I don't have a pitch for you. Thank you. So. There's going to be a gunshot from the back and my career is going to be over. <laughs> for the dumbest reason in the world. Not uh, because you're dead though, right? No, because he... <laughs> because the other guy is. Because the other guy All right. Yeah. Trying to keep track here. <laughs> um, have you ever listened to this podcast? I have. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> Um, the, uh, so my fiance and I have been to Portland now probably like, I think between us five times. The last time it got pretty severe, the Portland, uh, 
thing like where it gets in like your blood it, you're into it yeah yeah like it happens we want to move here so i and i i can't get a read on the portland people because usually the next thing that happens when you want to move to a city is you talk to somebody and they say everyone feels that way fuck off the reason it's you true. feel that way is because nobody's moving here. But you're, but you're a good example because a lot of people come here like now in the summertime and they're like, Portland's amazing. And then they actually move here and it's like 10 months of shit. Right. Um, but you're, but you, when you guys say shit, you mean my favorite thing in the world, yeah, which, I is, mean, which is Blade Runner weather. Obviously, I haven't left. Yeah. yeah. Every day is Blade Runner. I, like, I, like I don't want to walk around in a fucking awesome trench well, and coat. And I, I think, I think the shitty weather like creates cooler people, kind of. Like you know, you go to somewhere sunny and people are, are all right, but you come here and everybody's like maybe a little angsty, but creative and making yeah. things. Well, the sun is. I mean, the thing is, when you go to a restaurant. There's there could be a culture where people say to you, you know, you know, the best place to sit is right by the kitchen. The source of all restaurant uh, things. That's where all the food is made. That's what the sun is. You don't want to sit near the kitchen. It's also really like, shit. It's a fucking fusion reactor in the sky. It's giving you cancer. It's like it's it's it's, it's burning your children. It's it, it hurts uh, magnificent characters like Powder. Remember that guy? <laughs> That's that guy's the best our planet can do. Like, and he doesn't want the sun. You know who Powder is? He didn't is? ask for it. Yeah, he has psychic powers, and he's not. He, it, yes, the sun technically, like the kitchen in a restaurant, it makes things happen. Yes, that's where the shrimp goes into the basket. I don't want the booth next to the fucking kitchen. I want to be in the dark corner. Like, I want to be in, an indirect result of the sun. Yeah. So you appreciate the sun. For what it did, but you don't need to like watch yes, it all. Yes, I'm a fan of the sun. <laughs> like it's like uh, like Paul Verhoeven. Like mm. like like good job a while ago. You did good. You did good. And and for that I will never turn my back on you. Like uh, the sun uh, sun is the Quentin Tarantino of the solar system. So I, like, like permanent decision made. I rely on you. I think you were amazing. I don't, I, you, you know, Kill Bill being a two-parter is fine if that's what comes with it. Uh, so, but does the rain get to you over time when you, but you don't know because you were in Oregon already. Like you... Oregon? Oregon? <laughs> yeah, that's a small violation. That's, uh, I didn't say Oregon. I said Oregon. Oh, what? I think that's what they were booing. Gin? It's, okay. it's cool. I mean, that's a lame thing to hold your ground on. That's that's one vowel. Like, uh, what do you guys do to Canadians? I mean, I'm sure they come. Sure they probably call it Brigadoon here. Um, the the that doesn't make any sense. The uh, but 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 you 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 were born under a, an umbrella. Of, yeah. So it it does though. Yeah. Fucks with Ar around you. like June when it's still like shitting on you, you start to get a little 
That's the June gloom, right? Yeah. yeah. You, you start to get a little crazy. Mm-hmm. And right now, everybody's very happy because they're like, oh, the, the sun's out and it's going to well, start raining yeah, pretty soon. Yeah, and like the Oregonians I think about now are like, okay, I'm ready to start wearing coats again. Like, I don't, people are very conflicted about now. I just realized we've been talking about the weather in our podcast. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I apologize. Let's, what's the opposite of the weather in conversation? Do you believe in God, McKenna? <laughs> Let's just skip to why not. Well, af- after today, yeah. <laughs> I'm questioning it. Because you made it so wonderful that you're thinking of converting back to, you know. Something. I don't know. Were your parents religious? Uh, no, not at all. I Wait, never went to church. Did you resent them for not being religious? No. <laughs> Come on, I'm, you wanted I'm a little bit of God. <laughs> I'm very open-minded because of it. Uh, yeah. So they were nice intellectual parents? Yeah. They let me go to church with like my friends, and I would go to church and be like, fuck, this is boring. Like, what is happening? And then you'd come home, and they're like, I told you. <laughs> like, I told you to luck. go to an orgy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, they, yeah, okay. All right. Fucking Portland. <laughs> They're sacrilegious here. So what's the, uh, what's the, <laughs> trying to think of the opposite of talking about the weather. What's the worst thing you've ever done to another human being? That's a really hard question. Yeah, I know. I, 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 I asked that of a, of a podcast guest at one point, and he immediately knew. And it was, he, made, he, he made his brother drink his own pee. Uh, by just, he gave him a, told him it was lemonade. And, and I, I've definitely done a few things like that when I was little. Or made, like dirt mixtures that you give to like the neighbor girl. Like. I, no, no. You, you, oh, you want to play you're using Mario Kart? You, you drink this shit. You like, know, the thing where you make the girl eat the dirt like no you need to tell us about that what, what yeah you, a little hazing what did you what's Kid the dirt hazing. what's the dirt girl story because it's not universal i definitely i mean that there was definitely a little girl that lived across the street from me who was like probably five years younger or something so of course she was like super excited to hang out with the older like i'm so cool you know like hang out with the cool older girl and it was like, you know, torture. So your instinct to haze, yeah, you're like, yeah. I kinda, that's what we were just like, talking put, about. People that some, like you, there must be something some wrong with them. Put some dirt with like vanilla f- flavoring and water in a cup and be like, here, this, this is good, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and then she ate it. Yeah, and then like would go home and cry. Cause she ate dirt. Yeah. How old were you at that point? Maybe like. 23. 30. <laughs> like 12-ish? Yeah, that maybe. makes, I mean, that's. I don't know. When you're like the biggest asshole. Basically. Well, you don't have, you know, human human people, we don't have like uh, what we define as, uh, I don't know whether you, some people would call it morality, some people just call it a, conscien- con- a conscience. Like we don't have that compass built into us. We're the most adaptable species on the earth. Like, you, don't, you don't get there by having some ingrained thing that we won't do. Like we'll do anything to anybody that our parents tell yeah. us is okay. Yeah. And we kind of like, we, we learn kind of over time. We're like, oh, you know what? Life is more fucked up if we keep doing shit that we just <laughs> want to do and we don't start thinking about other people. But like eight-year-olds are sociopaths. They're, they're, and they're ju- they'll just like pull the out. wings yeah. off a of shit and like, 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 yeah, and you, they, I don't, I don't, what, what's unclear is do they learn, do they biologically hit a point where they're like, okay, I'm going to stop doing that, or do, or do you just have to stop them? Like, 
you kind of want to like make a big iron cube, maybe in this steel mill, and like drop a bunch of human children into it and just do a bunch of experiments, but then you'd realize, wait, maybe I'm doing this because I didn't learn uh, how to be moral. I don't know. I know that, I know that your brain is made out of all these, like, uh, you know, there's like, there's a biological capitalistic, like, board meeting in your brain every day where, where different departments of your brain uh, kind of compete for resources. And so when you're a kid, like, it, <laughs> they say that if you raise a kid in an environment where it can't stand up, and I think we should all try this tonight, <laughs> um, that if the kid comes out of that, like, two-foot-high, like, you know, crawl space um, at an age after their legs are fully able muscularly to walk, they, even if you, like give them, like, regarding Henry physical therapy, um, they will never, because their brain, that part of their brain, the one that dedicates resources to motor function in their legs, has long ago been zoned out during some city board meeting in, its, right. in the brain. I was like, no, there is no need to walk. This person needs to navigate darkness and crawl hand over hand and change light bulbs or whatever they're doing down there. Um, telekinesis, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. So uh, some people just realize how to only be an asshole when they're young. Basically. I think that I think that the I think that po it's possible. I, I'd like to be more optimistic than this, but I think it's possible that being that compassion might be like facial recognition, walking, uh, uh, you know, being good with feng shui. Uh, these might just be little little talents we have. And being compassionate actually yields positive results, you know, long term for kids on the playground. Hopefully, I'm maybe. sure it's that. Yeah, I don't think it's inherent. But that's a bummer, though. That's like think, like, we're all like these empty canisters well, of just flesh that are just waiting to be either made into serial killers or saints. Yeah, that's that's and then how we it all works. land somewhere way between. It's a bummer, <laughs> I guess. I or think is it's it, awesome? But it's also kind. Of, yeah, it's kind of amazing at the same time because then some people grow to be. So amazing. Yeah. Well, yeah. is it? Same what, but what's a? But what about the? What about the lack of meaning to being amazing? Like, do you, why is it? Like it just happens at random. But the randomness makes it beautiful. You're saying? I think yeah. so. Why? Can you, it's like can you explain? Like the roll why? of a die. Yeah. But why is that a, more beautiful? Why is chaos more beautiful than than purpose? Because it's uh, it's like the antithesis of everything we seek. It's like, oh, we're just going the wrong way about it. We just gotta accept that it's randomness and derive meaning out of that. Oh. I think that's cool. Like, I mean, it's one thing to like catch on to a meaning that already exists. That's like seeing a bird. But it's another thing to like, you know, like <laughs> I'm gonna invent the bird. <laughs> It's a it's a common a common example I think. We can all relate to creating our own fowl. Right? So I say I I don't know if I have the ability to articulate this. You're saying that within if if we accept that our nature is chaotic, we can achieve a meta order. Yeah. Well, also just that, like, okay, so if it was predestined that I was supposed to just say, I mean, be here today, that's not very interesting. That's a, that's a, that's part of a list. There's a long list of things. Like, the fact that I'm here because of several crazy random factors that could never happen to anyone else just because of sheer probability and stuff, I find that amazing and more 
uh, potentially miraculous than like someone with a plan making ev- making the rules for everything. I don't know. Like our friendship is the result of a random occurrence. You came to the show and I said, "Is there a dungeon master here?" And you raised your hand, and now we're friends. Yeah. And and more than friends, uh, employees. I also drive you. Yeah. Uh, I wear many hats. But that same chaos means that I could have a uh, strange happening in my brain that makes me lunge across the table and rip your face off because I think it's a sandwich. Which is also really fascinating, right? But you will die. Will you die going like, ah, life, I'll take three. (laughs) I don't think you can take three. That's the problem, right? All right. Maybe that's my problem. I want to buy life in bulk. Maybe it's just just that I'm a dungeon master, though, because I just, everything I do is rolling dice. It's all randomness. And then when you start to understand that those same rules of dice rolling are just genetics and uh, particle collisions, it's all just all these weird probabilistic things that happen. It's, I think that's just like, understanding the code to the universe and the idea that your brain is well it's looking at the die rolls is the result of a bunch of die rolls Mm -hmm. over billions of years and hundreds of billions of years if you go i mean like the big bang forward like random collisions turning into rna turning into uh primordial soup turning into uh, evolutionary cold war hot war between organisms resulting in the biological weapon survival wise that is your brain that in addition to recognizing red apples and yellow bananas is able to recognize numbers on a die and create a game that is based on random numbers so you're using the 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 end result of a bunch of randomness to look at infantile randomness simulations of fundamental randomness and we have fun and we pretend that there's order we pretend that there's good guys and bad guys and and we but we and we seek meaning but but you can find peace by accepting that there is no meaning yeah and i mean what you're talking about order is like the only order is what we add to it you know it's what we're ordering around in the randomness i think that's a cool part of it Thanks, man. I appreciate that. <laughs> but what does that have to do with pussy? Can you hear me, Portland? More like pussy land. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Uh, speaking of pussy, let's bring my fiance up here, Aaron McGathy. We have to figure out. I'm going to stand. Oh. Is there, uh, I think we don't have enough, uh, there's another mic. Aaron, you sit. I can coach it. No, no, no. Well, that's, I don't know. No, I want you to sit like, uh, on the pedestal that you belong on. Am I, am I Don't want to be put on a pedestal. You're keeping me down by putting me up. And McKenna, you stay seated. Oh, You're from Portland. McKenna, I, uh, not to be a girl, but I love your hair. Oh, thank you. Looks great. <laughs> You're like the mermaid mare of a fairy grove. Yeah, everyone well, listens to the runaways. I've seen a ton of girls with purple in their hair, and I was kind of like, I want to like gather all of us together and get like a group purple hair shot, because I feel like most people have purple. I'm down for any color, but purple seems to be a popular. One. I felt like when I was looking for people that were lived closer to this steel mill, the the hair got more purple as. <laughs> I hope I hope five years from now we don't find out this is some kind of cluster. It's a cool color. Remember a couple of weeks ago when you came home and my hair was gray? I was trying to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I love the gray, actually. 
Like yeah. I've I've thought it for fall I might go gray. Oh man, yeah. that look amazing. It's like witchy, witchy. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen the gray uh, with Liam Neeson? So <laughs> <laughs> I'm going for. Um, I haven't. It doesn't seen it. matter you what color it? your hair is. The wolf will eat you. <laughs> He's a predator, a biological killing machine. He doesn't care about your hair. It doesn't matter if we make a fire. Doesn't matter if we wake up. Doesn't matter how many legs you have. Doesn't matter if we're in the snow. Doesn't matter if we walk five feet or 500 feet. It's, it doesn't matter that we're here. It, it, the wolves may walk by, not see us. It doesn't matter if they don't see us. They might smell us. Dan, if the, if the sequel to The Grey took place in Portland and there was that same uh, monologue, what would that sound like? It doesn't matter if they're on cooch. <laughs> it doesn't matter if, the, if, if they're in the sandy hut. doesn't matter if they enjoy shuffleboard, uh, if they're a day drinker or a hipster drinker. It doesn't matter if they innovate. Uh, it doesn't matter if, if they remember that they used to make yogurt hair. It doesn't... <laughs> It doesn't matter if the video game is independent or, 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 or corporate. Uh, it doesn't matter if, if women are, are properly represented in the video game genre. Uh, the wolf will still eat you. We're, we're arguing about, about whether or not Tomb Raider should have big tits, but the wolf just sees a hot dog. I want to I want to talk about one thing. Uh, hot dogs, yes. I got very hungry just now. <laughs> um, the uh, I want to talk about the plane ride here and the fact that I've noticed this because I've traveled by plane enough to know that this isn't a fluke. Sometimes, okay. Well, let me start with all the time. All the time, the food is bad. Yes. Yes. <laughs> The peanuts are too small. The, every time, without exception, everyone in this room who's ever been on a plane, no one will argue with this. Every time you're on a plane, the position of your seat back is catastrophically important to them, the people who are in charge of whether you live or die. Because the plane is a piece of equipment that is defying physics, flying through the air like a metal fucking rock, um, and you and and you are in it, and your seat being back or forward to them is a big deal. You, for instance, if you'd like to test this theory, try keeping your seat back the whole time. They won't let you. We all know this. We accept it. Your seat has to be forward when you land. Now, sometimes, and I find this very interesting, sometimes your seat doesn't work. Mm. Now, the, the reason I find this interesting is because the times your seat doesn't work is because the airline is shitty and the airplane isn't working right. And it is those, time, those times, not when you need your seat to be back, 
It is, it is their failure that immediately solves the problem. Mm -hmm. I find that very interesting. I feel like she already knows the story. She's annoyed by it, but I'm like, I'm not. Mm -hmm. I'm, I find this very interesting. Like, I've had this conversation so many times where like my seat, my like, seat is like kind of, of half back, and the person comes by and they go, I really need that seat to be up before we land. And that could have been a, a woman or a gay man. Um, <laughs> The, the, and I go, like, it doesn't, I'm, hey, man, you try. Make it go, make it do what you need it to do in order for the plane to land. And they go, oh, it doesn't work? Oh, oh okay, fuck it. That's <laughs> fuck true, it. That fuck it, because it's our fault. Fuck it, because the plane doesn't work. It's a crisis if it's on you. It's fuck it if it's on them. Hey, I'm uh, sorry, we really need that engine to be on the wing. Uh, well, the engine's not on the wing. It won't. It came disconnected up in the air. The plane is t doing a fucking barrel roll toward the soil. Oh, f okay. Well, sorry. Fuck it. I hope you live. I'm on your side. <laughs> but uh, uh, the uh, and I get it. I get your frustration. But that guy coming by. He just has to, his, his big crisis is that he wakes up every day and has to tell a bunch of people in an airplane in 2014 to not smoke in an airplane and to do all these things. And then he's walking, I mean, he said fuck it because like that's how he feels. But what if you were a secret flyer? What is that? Oh, a person who You guys don't know about these secret flyers? Like a death's head like, officer like an air, that's air marshal? pretending to be a tourist. So like, aha, my seat can go back. You just need to try harder, prisoner number 137. <laughs> um, okay, I, I great. Under, I understand your frustration. I have a personal connection to this because after this happened, I was awaking from a beautiful nap. I overheard the interaction, which is fine because I have similar interactions. And then I unfortunately said to you, well, I didn't think it was that big of a deal. And then I was... <laughs> I was on the other side of the Gaza Strip uh, for the next oh, couple of the hours. Other side, because the Gaza Strip is a line on a ping pong That's table. What I, <laughs> that, that is what I've heard. The, 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 no, no, the other side of the, you know, you know what I mean. The point being, and what I said to you is, it's, of course it's not a big deal. That's the tyranny. Of course it's not a big deal. There's not, no one's going to, of can course no one's going to hit me with a writing Can we talk crop. about the body, body scanning machines? Uh, oh God. How, I, how you opt out and I don't. I opt out. Thank you. The more yes. people said opt out, the sooner that those things are fucking taken out of the airports. You know who doesn't opt out, who loves just getting fucked in the uh, anus with an airplane wing? <laughs> Well, let's not knock that. That's a lot of fun. Uh, it actually sounds great. Because yeah. they're kind of tapered at the end, and then yeah. they get slowly bigger toward the body of the plane. There's a lot of variety. Uh, then there's an engine in the middle of it with, like, a suction, like, turbine. It's a really no, good setup. I'm, I'm, I'm going from here to Tarzana, California, to market the airplane wing dildo. When you opt out, don't you get, like... Harassed? Yes, exactly. You, like... Every time I, I opt out, are, yeah. I get taken to like the little room. Oh, do you it, say it's to, like? Do you ask them to get taken to a private room, or do they? Or do no, they just it'll take be you like they test something on your clothes, and then they're like, "Oh, it's a hair gel that's setting the alarm off. We have what? to take you back for a search." You like, gotta stop wearing that maybe this T-shirt is just to the, the Portland airport. airport. I think I you know, have to stop being an Italian <laughs> pornos. <laughs> I just had bad luck. I don't know. 
I mean, I have a very mixed experience. I mean, it's not it's not great, but I think most people are pretty nice. Though there are some airports where they're like, you're opting out. Huh. She's opting out! What? <laughs> what? We got, she's opting out! All right. Noted. And then an hour later, someone comes over. And I'm not going to disclose what part of the country that was, but... They've definitely been instructed. It's it's out. They can't keep a secret. It's not like it's the fucking... Uh, yeah. Though today I had a very nice conversation. And I, I you know, I've become... Uh, as I've gotten older, I've really cherished my female friendships. And there is something to staring in the eyes of a strange TSA woman who says to you, I'm going to take my hands up between your legs until I... The first several times... I did this, I got this line until I think they corrected it. I'm going to uh, take my hands up your thighs until I meet the resistance. <laughs> and the first time I was like, the resistance? Yeah, they're, um, they're hiding out in there. They got a base of operations. All right, uh, Han Solo, um, thank you for fighting the good fight. Uh, until I meet the resistance, they're supposed to say resistance, which also, I don't like to think of my pussy as resistance. <laughs> I don't want it. To, I don't want to think of it as a portal either. But I don't want to think of it as, as some it, sort of yeah. like force field. It's not like Kathy great, cartoon yeah. hashtag Kathy cartoon. But um, today I had a really nice conversation with this young woman who was like, "Ugh, airports, right?" And I'm like, "You're telling me," as she's like touching my boobs, and I'm like, "This is cool that we can have this moment." Like, you know, witches used to dance in the forest, and I like the idea that your vagina is the resistance. Because I like, I like that you're, I love you for your uh, humanity. And I, when I think of the resistance, the I, good th- fight. I think of the TV, the, the TV miniseries event V uh, <laughs> from the 80s. Like, can I you, think of like, ex- I, I don't, I'm not I think familiar. of your vagina as like spray painting over propaganda that was Ooh. put there by aliens and going like, fuck it, we can fight. And I'm like, yeah, I love, That's awesome. I love this vagina. It it it, 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 it it fights, you know? It, it, like. Oh, I moved. I mean, it does make you feel like a battleship a little bit, where they're like, do you have any devices? No, ma'am, I do not, but I could. Yeah, I could. <laughs> could have some uh, some devices. That's a thing. I'm just learning about this. They, you, 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 you. Dan, before you say anything, this is my own expression that I came up with. It's not like common vernacular. Well, no, but I want to. I, I mean, think it's it's intuitive though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know what I mean when I say a kangaroo. Who hears kangarooed before? Nope. No. Oh. Let's say well, you're going just to dishonest. A you guys are just being dishonest across the country. Yeah, I, I don't believe that. They're just lying out there. Yeah, like you guys didn't go to a concert where they were searching they for. I mean. She means putting a nickel bag of marijuana in your vagina or uh, or anything that might need to get through some kind of checkpoint. You've never. No one in Portland has no ever one. used their birth no, chamber. No, it takes a for, lot to see the um, nobility. In kangarooing, um, I do those. You know, I don't opt out. I go through the back scanner machines, and every time I like, it's probably psychosomatic. But every time, I just like my balls hurt afterwards. It's like they're, I could just feel, uh, you know, all those little guys dying. I feel, I feel lightheaded. I always feel lightheaded. It's weird. It's got to be psych- like it can't really be happening, right? It's, it's all. I, but but then again, what would make more sense? I mean, what, if there's anything useful happening in that machine to them, then it. Of course it's like you could feel it. I don't know. I felt really good about my decision to opt out when early on some TSA TSA agent said to me, oh, you know, they took out uh, 70% of the radiation. 
Do you know that? They took out 70%, and then another guy was like, no, 100%. I was like, you fucking don't know what you're talking uh, about at all. They took, they were like, oh, we should, we should really take out this radiation. They can't that's take not out. The way, that's yeah. not the way it works. Like it's salad Ridiculous. dressing. Like they're like, yeah, no, there's hydrochloroform. It's the only anyway. thing that they, uh, God. In, in a, the same way that I fucking resent when I go to Urban Outfitters and I'm trying to return a sweater and someone's like, uh, have you worn this? Like when I, ha- when I haven't, and I, I, no, I have not worn the sweater. Uh, I don't know. And it's like, is your last name Urban Outfitters? I know you're making $10 an hour and I'm a human being and you're a human being and guess what's not a human being is Urban Outfitters. Fucking take my sweater. And, right? H&M is worse. And then the same way with the TSA agents when they're like, yeah, you know, they took out the radiation. It's like, what the, what, what? It's On a, your deathbed, are you going to say, I was a company man. <laughs> but like, it's a, Sad. it's, it's a radiation dispenser. That's its job. How do they take out the radiation? No, exactly. It's, it's just it's a made box. Up. I looked it up afterwards and it's, there's nothing to it. One guy one day was, I have ice in my mouth like a There's an urban legend or, or, or it's true, but I will say it's an urban legend because I don't want to spread things that are, I don't want to be, I don't want to be totally irresponsible, but there's a, the, you know, there's, legend has it that the guy that invented that machine won't go through it. Like, uh, that's yeah. the thing. How many, how many people, you're, you're, you're Portland, do you guys opt out when you go to the airport? Do they... Port, 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 Portland has a, uh, has a beautiful airport, don't they? I mean, it's, nice. kinda, it's, it's nice. pretty nice. They have it's cool a, little shops and stuff. I opt out because of the uh, philosophy of it, because of the big brother bullshit of it. And, but what would you say to somebody that said, well, what about a metal detector? I mean, just because we had... L- no, that's fine. But I mean, with the... Well, exactly. I mean, with the... I don't know. I, I, I'm going to... I'm not, the, I'm not the voice of this cause, <laughs> but the... <laughs> The, the idea of, I mean, the, those body scanner machines really don't detect that much. And if someone is really trying to smuggle something, they can. It just seems to me that they're developing technology so they can take pictures of us all the time and so they can just ease shit in. I don't know. It's a little conspiracy theorist of you, me. Well, but also, I'm like, fuck you. I just paid $500 for a flight and I have to stand with my arms out and there are pictures of what it looks like on another screen and then... I don't know. It just bugs me. And also, not everybody has to do it. It goes back and forth. And it's like, well, then what is the point of this? It's just a, it's just like a slow control thing. Like, TSA was bored, and so they came up with this fucking thing. I hope I can fly on <laughs> I hope that H&M and uh, Banana Republic or whoever you were talking about don't. Maybe in the next podcast, Erin will just be naked. She's being boycotted by all the clothes. <laughs> they come to the house and take all my clothes. Um, the... Uh, God damn it! There was a, uh, there there was a uh, McKenna. How you doing over there? Oh, I'm good. You're, are you, are, how was your ni- nightmare of being reliving in front of all my airport experiences right now? Yeah, I, saw, I, I not to harp on this topic, but I, like 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 look look find this on YouTube. There's an amazing uplifting video of these two kids who were handing out opt out flyers at an airport. And it's like a, it's not a short attention span thing. Like it's like a 40 minute video, but you can like click through it. Like uh, the, the, it's just these two kids are at an airport and they're standing at the top of the escalators in the public area before you go through the machines. And they're handing out flyers to, to raise awareness of like opt out day or something like that. Like you don't have to go through these machines if you don't want to. And, um, and the airport officials come up to them, they're videotaping it and they start trying to bounce them. And like they're using all the official language and you, you, you can't be here, you can't be doing this, you can't be distributing this literature. And, but, and they bother to say, I think we can. I 
I think we can stand here and talk to people and hand them literature. We're in an airport. You have people down there doing the same thing for some religion. We're just doing the same thing. And then they get increasingly aggressive, and then they call the cops, and this cop, not an airport cop, just a regular cop has to come. And the regular cop is just this guy who refreshingly, like he's kind of, he's got the buzz cut and the gun belt, and he just looks like any other cop that might do any horrible thing, but he like kind of scratches his head and he walks away with the airport guy and he's like comes back to the people and he's like yeah I don't know I think the Constitution says you can do whatever you want I'm he just a, like he just printed out a copy and he was like oh oh god they what? gave they gave me a gun and a walkie-talkie I'm supposed to I think I'm supposed to just keep people safe I don't think I'm supposed to I think you I think you have to and the airport guy is like what the fuck what's your fucking name I'm, sorry, I'm an airport guy I want an airport guy the same as when you try to return a sweater at urban outfitters <laughs> it's identical and I'm saying this I I feel strongly about this because I worked at urban outfitters and at hot topic yeah, yeah, really. Dark times. But uh, at Hot Topic, the clothes are so cheap, and I would have colleagues that would be like, uh, I don't know, should we take this back? Should we, should we accept it? And I'm like, yeah, what? We make $7 an hour. What does this matter? It doesn't matter. Sorry, I'm all fired up. I don't know why I'm so fired up. Well, it's the echoey chamber. It makes you feel like you're in church. It's and that machine. It's that machine in back. It just makes yeah. you think of Flashdance and how women have been exploited by disco movies. Um, the, uh, why don't we... we uh, uh, let's find the pain in the room. In our new segment, let's find the pain. Who's in pain? Emotional pain. Dan is Your hand went up immediately. Pain. Do you mind talking about it? What's your name? Seth. Seth, what, uh, what's your emotional pain? Uh, kind of lost all my best friends at once. You lost all your best friends at once? Yeah. Are you willing to come up and talk about it? Okay, Seth, everybody. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, go that way. Uh, Do we have extra mics? He can, he can uh, share. He can share my mic. All right. We can share. It's Portland. Okay. <laughs> Here, Seth, you sit there. I'm, I'm not going to be the... Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lord over you guys. All right. So, you lost all your best friends in a short period of time? Yeah, in like a weekend. What'd you say? In like a weekend. Oh, okay. What, so, uh, take Was it from... Was alcohol involved? Uh, <laughs> that's a good question. So, uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in some, in some semblance, but not for the actual thing. Sure. Was it a, was it a wedding or a murder? Or... <laughs> We could speculate it, all night. It was a murder <laughs> at a wedding, in fact. It was uh, the, a wedding? It was a wedding murder. The, it was a themed <laughs> wedding. It went poorly. The, uh... Was there... Okay. Sorry, I'm sorry. Um, we were just getting, like, for the next two hours, you're like, was it... Uh, did birds attack you? We'll, we'll figure it out eventually. <laughs> we'll get there. Uh, no, so I, I recently, like, back in December, so I moved from my hometown uh, of Anchorage, Alaska, uh, down to... Seattle, uh, which is where I live now, which is really far. And... So you're, you're, you're following a hipster ley line. Like, <laughs> you're going to end up living at Stonehenge. <laughs> he moved from Anchorage to Seattle to Portland. He's going to... Okay. Are you afraid of people without tattoos? No. Like, I... <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I love tattoos. I just know that Anchorage and Seattle and Portland all are famous for their beautiful tattoos. And uh, go ahead. Yeah. No, I, I, my, my only thing is, 
Like, I have a beard and have for some you time. sure do. Um, but it's utilitarian. This is, guy, this is a guy, sorry to, to interrupt, but if Spencer's a brownie, this guy's a blondie. He's, he's a Spencer type for the podcast listeners. Uh, it's for sure, bizarre. And that's hair opposite, opposite it, coloring and looks the same. He's, I'm a, blonde, he's a blonde Spencer. Okay, continue. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I moved. Um, beard utilitarian. It was yeah, cold. What's, what's it was utilitarian cold. about the beard? Uh, it, it's really cold there. Because yeah. you know, Alaska. I was in. I was in my hotel that's also as cold as Alaska, and I was. <laughs> I was shirtless and I was trying to sleep and when I had my beard on my chest, I was fine and when I swept it to the side, I was freezing cold. It's like an afghan for your neck. It's, it's wonderful. It's like a blanket from your face. <laughs> and I heard in the people in Ferguson are reporting it's a natural tear gas filter. Oh, definitely. You just yeah. put it over your eyes Oof. like, uh, like yeah. that. It works. It's just an adaptation. We're all making it. Uh, all right, uh, so anyway, continue. I'll make this super brief. Um, I don't make. You don't have to make it brief. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it. We've got to leave room for Go the coup. <laughs> this isn't Desperate Housewives. It's a fucking Portland yeah. uh, podcast. Like we're, we we, we want to hear your human story. Uh, so I, I moved and and had some really close friends who I did podcasts with, and we were you know made a lot of stuff together, and we were continuing to do it like kind of long you distance. Did the journey with okay because I was the only one who moved because I had to get out because it's. The middle of nowhere. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. It's Alaska. Uh, it's Cincinnati in the north. Um, <laughs> uh, no offense to Cincinnati, they make wonderful chili. <laughs> the uh, so I moved and um, and then came back in like May, like six months later for the first time, just for a weekend, and we hung out and everything was great. And then there was huge social drama because it turned out I had uh, <clears throat> Anchorage is a small town. Um, I, I had had thrown a, your anchor into a sea. <laughs> I had, I, I, I uh, found Anchorage, uh, I guess you could say, um, in uh, a port that ended up being, oh, that's a really bad way to talk about a human being. I'm taking that back immediately. I feel like we should commit to the pun. <laughs> We all, um, know, we, we all know women are at ports. I, let, We've it, hit like it was a major sh- plot point, and then you guys got derailed with this horrible It was a short-term moorage. Um, and then... Moorage. But it was very friendly and was very amicable, and you know, we, were, we were friends. And then uh, uh, she started dating another friend in the close friend group, and uh, things kind of spiraled from there. But it was the first time that like really close friends were kind of like, all right, no, we're, we're donezo, because... Did you become the, 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 this is the thing that drives me insane about romance, the, the dark underbelly of it that we see. This is why I don't like romantic comedies, uh, but, but because Aaron and Aaron loves them, but I, 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 I'm projecting like, like I, the thing that drives me insane, my worst nightmare is being cast as the villain in someone else's story. Even though I didn't, it's just like, oh, that's convenient for you. Like I'm the wind beneath your fucking wings because it's like, Taboo. Well, and not only was I the villain, I was Sauron on the proverbial mountain, literally a country away. You know, like you had to go through Canada, which is like I don't know, dwarves live there or something. And then there was me, you know, being all villainy. In so Denmark. you became. You know a, that she, were you were you the other man ever? No, not at all. This was before oh, they got so together. Yeah, but there were the, there were. Fuck those friends. Yeah, yeah. No, no one thinks about Alaska for, anyway. For, for like and. It's not too big a deal because, yeah, I don't need to go back. I'm, I'm good for now. Like, well, but you said you're, cool. you're, you're in emotional pain. You lost all your friends in a, in a couple of days. Like, you went from five to zero or whatever it is. I don't mean to presume the numbers. Uh, <laughs> I, I would start with three. And then I would, uh, but, but, but uh, like, 
he, he needs to hear more than fuck those friends. You're right. My mom always used to say when I would, I would go out and I would get beat up uh, by people and then I would come home and I would go, the, the, uh, Scott and so-and-so beat me up. And my mom would go, well, then now you know you don't like those guys, right? You know, like, and, and here they are wanting to beat you up. So some problems solve themselves. And you have to see them every day. <laughs> and, like, that, that, and that's the part that's still raw is because of the Internet, which is a great thing in so many ways. We're just kind of one Kevin Bacon away from each other. Yeah. You know, and, and have a whole bunch of mutual they, friends. So, like, it's, there's only so much hiding and blocking and muting that you can do. Did they break, break up with you via, like, an email or some kind of conversation? Or? No, it was like, hey, I'm back in town for three, d three days. Uh, everything's cool one day, the next day. Oh, by the way. <laughs> uh, podcast listeners, it was right. Flip, he's, he's flipping yeah. up. He's giving double birds. Well, <laughs> without really knowing the situation, I would. I would say to not really take that too personally. If you really believe that you weren't in the wrong, yeah, I mean, don't worry about it. You've moved, so it's You're not really winner. about you. It's like they're they're like, look, who's in the Anchorage crew? Well, it sounds like they're gotta, resentful that you got out, right? I mean, right, maybe. Yeah. I'd imagine that it sucks For to live there. All that. <laughs> am, I, am, I, am I hearing a different thing? I mean, he doesn't. He's not. He's not wondering whether or not he should like these people. He is saying it hurt. You know, it, it, it like is a wound that and was valid and it's just sitting there. So what's the salve that you put on it? It, it won't heal it. The thing that will heal it is his own body and time. But is there like some uh, some neosporin that we could squirt on it in the At form of a... Well, well, for me, reminding myself, if I was in his position, reminding myself that it wasn't really about me would be that neosporin, which is why I said that. Right, definitely. I wasn't, and I, oh my God, I wasn't arguing oh, with you. Jesus Christ. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, Jesus. You guys shouldn't God be therapists at all. <laughs> if there's, if there's a Dan couple and I therapists are opening in up our own practice. It's called Mixed Nuts. <laughs> I mean, I think the first thing we need to do, not to be Geraldo Rivera about it, but... I gotta reach around him like Kelly McGillis in Top Gun and just embrace him. And you can't see it on the podcast. It's not it's not for it's not for applause, but thank you. How does it feel to be to be touched and held by someone you admire who will never betray you? I don't care I don't care who who you who you date next. I'm never gonna touch her. I'm, every time you hear my voice, I'm talking to you. Praise Jesus! I'm very sorry that happened to you. In these moments of pain, I like to quote um, one of my favorite shows of all time, My So-Called Life. I would reference an episode halfway through the series where Claire is um, getting over Jordan and realizes that she's over him, and she says, you know what? It hurts until it doesn't. It hurts until it doesn't. That's still, that just seems like such a fuck it off. Hurts. Like. <laughs> no, it's not, it's not a fuck off. I mean, the, the meaning true. behind that is like, no, like if you feel sad about this, your feelings are valid and you're going to sit in them, but you won't feel that way forever. It'll, it'll expire. It hurts until it doesn't. What if it hurts forever? Well, then there's something wrong with you, and you should jump off Then you die, and it doesn't hurt anymore. Oh. What if you know well, that about pain? That makes me feel a lot better. You just die, and you're fine. What if no, you're, what okay. if you're no, so it's... smart? What if you're so if smart? If then it's not about that situation. What if you're so smart that you know that about pain, and it doesn't change anything? What, if, what, if, what, if, what, what do you do in those moments when knowing 
uh, how your brain works and how your heart works doesn't change anything that's going on in them. What do you, what do you, is there, is there a technique? Is there a, you go, you, know, ins you go inside. You gotta, you gotta go inside. Get sometimes. out of the sun. Get out of well, the fucking it, orange Hitler that emotions, is the sun. Your emotions are a lot like weather. They come and go, and sometimes they make sense and follow patterns, and other times it's like a freak storm. It's like you go yeah. inside, or you. I like, had a friend wet. who suggested uh, he got, he got over a breakup, but he watched all the seasons of Farscape. Oh, that sounds awesome. I mean, so, the thing is, it's it's not a that that's the thing is that like it's it's a tired expression, but it's and a dumb old adage, but time really does heal all wounds. The good news about being sad is that in times when you're sad, art is better, music is better, you're probably more creative, you're seeing things differently, like you're really living because you have, you're, have a, you're bleeding from your soul as you're walking around, like that's the good news. Bad news is again, it's gonna feel bad until it doesn't feel bad anymore. That's just that's just time. The what bad thing to do is to try to fix it by fucking, you know, doing like putting a building a windmill or whatever crazy thing you would do. To talking about it on a podcast in front of yeah. Uh, well, I don't I don't think Seth's the type of guy that's gonna do anything. He's gonna. I mean, by the wait, way, what? You have, he's gonna do great things. No, I was, I, said, I, was, I was saying I don't think he's going to do anything that's like unhealthy with his oh, pain. Okay. If he's willing to like cry it out from an audience at a podcast, that, that means he's already actually like he's got oxygen and that's going to heal. But um, Seth, do you uh, do you ever listen to this podcast? Yeah. Do you think it would he help you heal a little bit to play a character that you, whose life you had more control over uh, sure, in a yeah. game of Dungeons and Dragons, maybe? You, whose wounds could not hurt you, no matter who uh, did anything to you? Uh, so, well, do you think? Uh, uh, I, I don't know how. I mean, we, 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 we got a smattering of applause when we asked who listened to the podcast. So, yeah. but the thing is, during the podcast, we we end it by playing a uh, a round of Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, <laughs> Uh, on the podcast, so I guess if you're not a fan, fuck off. I guess, but not in a mean way. Uh, just in a you won't maybe not know what's going on. Or if you're a gaming fan, I mean, this is a big like tabletop uh, intensive conference. Uh, so we're gonna be we 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 have an ongoing campaign that we play, and we need a Chris DeBerg who will be Seth, and we need a uh, if McKenna would be willing to be. Uh, wait, so we have. Well, wait, wait, we need, I'm sorry. We need a quark, and you'll play. You'll play uh, Chris DeBerg. Sorry, McKenna. Okay. Uh, you get the character sheets, uh, Spencer. Uh, yeah. Let me just bust these out real quick. All right. While he's busting those out, keep being comedic. Aaron, did you want to read the list of? <laughs> oh, sure. Uh, I mean, this is just a shout out. To, do you guys know who Rob Schraub is? He's somebody who's come on the podcast. That's eight people. Do you have your? Yeah, maybe I'll t I'm looking ahead and I'm going like, you know what? It's not the venue. We also have Dustin Marshall's uh, technology corner. D and Dustin, Dustin explained to us earlier that if you pay attention to the size of cell phones, uh, it, it appears that their size changes over time based on people's needs, and that that's similar to evolution. And we started mocking him for that uh, revelation. Uh, if you need a time filler, I can pull out my phone. I have this. Great treatment for Alan Alda. It plays a. Uh... <laughs> Wait, where, where where is that guy? Is that guy here? Is the guy here that read the treatment? Oh, there, there he is. is. Are you? There. Do you, do you are you? Did I humiliate you? Did I make you feel bad by telling that story? Okay. Do you want? Can I turn it? Can I turn it into a win for you? Do you want to read your treatment to the people or? 
Yeah. I, 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 anything you want, like, 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 for real, like, like, you know, I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not bullying you. Like, I don't want, I don't, if, if you're actually worried that you would read it and then people would go, I'm going to rip that off. Like, but, or do you just want to talk about it for a second? Okay. All right. I just want to humanize you for them. I don't want the moral of the story to be that people are bad. I oh, want it no, to be, no. I want it to be that there are heroes among us. I love it. <laughs> What's I your name? It. Jason. Jason, all right. Jason's the guy who read me a treatment off his phone at the uh, cooler of ice. I was so annoyed and I felt so bad. It's the weirdest thing I've ever done. I, I actually, wasn't that annoyed. I just thought it was remarkable. I actually, uh, I actually canceled my D&D night tonight to be here. So oh, God. All right. <laughs> what, do you, what, do you play, what do you play as in D&D? Uh, uh, I was a warlock for a while. Right now I'm a... Uh, on the mic. On the, eat the oh, mic. Warlock for a while and right now I'm a paladin. So I got gotcha. you. That's yep. exciting. Gilman Atranos. <laughs> Yeah, nice. it's kind of getting old. No, it sounds great. <laughs> David Cross is a family man. Wait, can we re let's reenact the encounter? Oh yeah, okay, okay. So, like, imagine a black and white strobing thing, like from a crime show. Yeah. Like, okay, and then we're 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 lookalike actors. So, like, uh, David Duchovny's playing me, and uh, uh, so I'm just uh, let's just reenact. Okay, I'm by, I'm by the cooler. Okay. Dan, this is the only time this is going to happen, but I have to do it now. Okay. Um, so David Cross is a uh, put-upon family man and a super scientist. He works at the Enlightenment Corporation and tests the Bodhisattva chair, an electric chair that blasts people into enlightenment for science. Father of three, his wife Jane keeps things kosher at home while wielding a gigantic hook for a hand. Doesn't sound that bad. Sounds great. Not so bad. All right. Thank you, sir. What's your name again, sir? Jason. Jason. All right. Jason, everybody. The David Cross treatment writer. I know David Cross. We'll, we'll, we'll get that to him. <laughs> but I don't think he makes those decisions. I think David Cross probably has an agent, and he's like, does anyone want to hire me? And then the, they, they go like, oh, the guy wants you to play a robot. Uh, all right. So you got the character sheets ready? Yeah. Let me just uh, let me give that to you. Give that to Aaron. And then the top one's for McKenna, and the rest is yours. Tear it for Spencer as Comptroller. I mean, let's so not. So great. <laughs> that's, that's about what I deserve. That's Take very apt, that's appropriate. I appreciate I, I said that. It, I said it quietly. I mean, He's now it's getting... It. He's killing it. Now it's getting dishonest. Now He's it's dishonest. I don't buy it. I'm not buying it anymore. It was a lot more believable before. So, uh, thank you. That's what I'm looking for. That's what I need right now. Are you guys ready? Should I, uh, should I start this up? Yeah, let's do it. I don't have my D&D music, so I'm just going to play that warm-up music from earlier. It'll we really... can hum it. Do you want to hum it? I think that would be better, actually. Okay. Oh. <laughs> when we last met, our heroes had landed in some pretty hot water. After a late-night juice tour gone awry, the party retired with Spizbold the Friendly Gnome, where they decided to break into the priest's juicery to look for clues. Don't become... While inside the juicery, the gang heard a noise and arrived to see a beaten Father Tinder and an escaping assailant. Sharpie tracked down the would-be murderer to the Darmvon household, and what he found wasn't pretty. Darmvon and her son were murdered dead. Oh. <laughs> there, Sharpie and the gang encountered the assassin, Spizbulb the gnome. The little gnome cast powerful nat magics and hurled insults, but something wasn't light right. Bold blows were exchanged, but using his shrewd mind, Christa Berg determined that Spizbulb was an imposter. 
convincing their cast, attacker to cast off his disguise, revealing himself to be none other than Father Tinder himself. Yum, yum, yum. Working together, the gang started to gain the upper hand, breaking through his shield while Quark slashed Tinder's head with a flaming sword. As the old man lay dying, white, be white beams of light began streaming through the room as the Shard of Power worked its ancient and hideous magic. But what danger could the Shard portend? What new evils must the gang face? Here we come. Here we come. Here we come. What tricks were still hidden away up Father Tinder's sleeve? Find out now. Harmon Town. That was some great humming. I want to buy that album. I assume the effect is the same as in the shower, but it sounded awesome to me. I think when we listen to the podcast, it'll be like, oh my God, stop groaning into the microphone. So traditionally, you guys have a lot of questions at this point. Well, I was humming. Yeah, I wasn't listening. I was humming. That's what I'm saying. So just in a moment, where am I standing? You guys are all standing together in the broken remnants of the Darmvon household. You see crumbling stone falling from the ceiling, and all the furniture in the room is destroyed, reduced to splinters. Everything is very uh, hard to see because white light is dazzling you going throughout the room before it concentrates onto a single glowing humanoid form, the form of Father Tinder. He starts to transform before you into an eight feet tall, gray-skinned, stone-skinned, bull-horned man with glowing red eyes, powerful muscular limbs, and stony wings. A burning white flame grows brightly in his chest. And he looks not unlike a winged demon or something. Hi. Ah. Uh, um, uh, Do you so have more questions? We're probably cool now, right? Now that he's transformed into this thing. Uh, are you asking me or are you asking him? I'm kind of thinking out loud. Okay. Continue. And I've, I've, I've worked for him for many a moon and a sunset. Four uh, sunset, twenty moons. Who are you? I'm Father Tinder. I have transformed into my final form. Like that lady at the drive-through in the video, and the yeah. Uh, but I'm getting all the chicken nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, is your now that you've transformed into your final form, you're probably really self-actualized, and all your aggression is gone, right? Uh, you could say that, yes, but I'll still need to destroy you. Uh, can, I mean, we could talk about that. We could, while I'm destroying you. <laughs> All right, I, I'm going to run. I'd like to run. You guys, we're standing there, and this guy turned into a demon, and he's going to kill us. Do you guys have any... Well, he has uh, a glowy white spot in the middle of his chest. Yeah. I, you know, this isn't my first rodeo with gamey things. Yeah. That's usually the place you want to throw a sword or something. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, well. this isn't my first rodeo, but do you really want to throw your swords? He's <laughs> <laughs> more of a Castlevania type. Like, uh, like, you know, there's, there's a lot of platformers from the old days. Barbarian who's... not thinking things through very well. Yeah, that's good characterization. All right, I'm bolstered by your confidence. You think this is as easy as a boss battle in a video game? I'll, 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 I'll attack his milky white spot. <laughs> 
Um, all right. I, I'm not a and d player, but in my gear I have a dragon dick, so yeah. I feel like that might work in this situation. It's more of a trophy. I mean, <laughs> I, think I, I, rem- I think I remember where you got that. I don't know if it's a weapon. <laughs> it's something that, it's a conversation piece. Okay. Okay. I mean, most things are a weapon against a milky white spot in the center of your chest. <laughs> Uh, who's, whose turn is it first, I guess? I want to put it at a Quark's turn, how about? That's Seth there. Oh, Seth, okay. Uh, well, let's go ahead and use a power attack. All right. Nice. That's going to be less accurate than a normal attack, I'm afraid. And yet you hit him. Woo! <laughs> Dropping anchor. <laughs> Rushing towards your demonic foe, you plunge your sword deep into his side, dealing... 12 damage. Nice. And that's not even the milky white spot. Sure. <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're having a great time. We so can do this. Yeah. We are doing this. Yeah, we're, this is going really well. No, I mean, no, I, I just... So, <laughs> well, it was. <laughs> Let's put it at uh, McKenna's turn. That's uh, Chris DeBerg, right? Yes. Appar- <laughs> apparently it is. So, uh, yeah. You got your dragon dick. Let's do this. <laughs> do this salmon street dick. style. Um, Feel free to ask questions. <laughs> I may need some help on this. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, yeah, it occurs to me we're subjecting her to quite a quite a lot. Yeah, no. Um, you're telling me. I don't even. I don't know half of this. Uh, All right. Um. I'm going to attempt to use a short bow. No. No. McKenna, you're going to use the I'm short going to, bow. I'm going to fucking shoot you're this gonna short bow. You're going to shoot that short bow. In, I'm shooting it into the milky white spot. I'm gonna, yes. I'm gonna <laughs> yes, she it. is. Yes. Firing an arrow at his milky white spot. <laughs> it prob- it might have been uh, your... Inco- your uh, what is the lack of confidence? Lack of confidence. <laughs> Or something, but your arrow misses its mark, plunging Fuck. deep into the cobblestone walls of the dwelling. It's okay. He knows, he knows we mean business. Yeah. The communication <laughs> shot. So uh, let's put it at a dignity. That's Aaron. All right. Uh, foe! Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Unworthy foe who has been uh, deceitful and untrue. I'm going to throw my axe, and it's going to be the death of you. I rhyme now. I guess I rhyme now. So I throw my, I'm going to throw my axe. I'm going to throw it really hard at the middle of his face. You do that, but it doesn't hit him in the middle of his face, but instead in his shoulder. Dealing. What? What's your strength? It's plus three. Eight damage. All right. Yeah. The axe protrudes from his shoulder. Uh, It's not a joke. I'd like to shoot a fireball at his milky white spot. (laughs) All right. Casting your arms in a magical manner, you unleash a fireball directly towards his milky white spot. He attempts to dodge out of the way, but is too sluggish, and it hits him right in the chest, but not his milky white spot, like the nipple right next to it instead. But a nice grouping, as they say in darts. 
<laughs> very, it's a very kinky D&D. Is it? I guess there are dragon dicks and milky white semen, all this no, stuff. It's great. No, it's there was great. no semen, but now there is. <laughs> Portland, yeah. most strip clubs in the world, right? Per capita? I love hearing about it. Most vegan strip clubs, is that what you said? We'll, t- we'll talk after. We'll figure it out. <laughs> Dealing 17 damage. All right. All right. And that's just the nipple. It's just the I nipple. shout out, the milky white spot. It's the way to go. <laughs> so he turns his eyes to you, the wizard who's casted all this magic, and he beats his powerful wings and lunges at you through the air, his claws outstretched, reaching right towards your neck. That's my Milky White spot. (laughs) He grabs you by the throat, dealing nine damage and holding you fast in his sharp, rocky claw. All right. Can I? Is it possible for me to go out of turn and use diplomacy? Uh, no, afraid not. But you could do it in your own turn. Thank you. Which is only three turns away. (laughs) Putting it at Seth's turn. Uh, I appear to have some yarn. You sure do. Um, A whole ball, if I'm not mistaken. I just thought it was funny because it's right next to the nutsack. (laughs) I thought he got rid of that nutsack. It is... uh, It has not yet been erased. You should combine it with the dragon dick. I just want to take a moment and say how much joy it is for me to hear that Quark is about to use yarn. (laughs) Um, It's a very happy moment. Um, actually, I also what's what's a cactus card? Uh, that's like a business card that says Cactus Club or Bunch, Cactus Bunch. Oh right, 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 right. Yes. Buy one get one free. And also a strange painted stick. Is there any more information about that at all? It's strangely painted in a stick. <laughs> so no. <laughs> um. Uh, so that I do not hit my compatriot who is being held by the, the demon, correct? Uh, I mean, what are you trying to do? I, I'm trying to attack, but not, oh, you yeah. know, cleave someone in half in the who isn't white spot guy. Taking careful uh, attention not to hurt your ally. Thank you. You slice with your sword at the demonic foe before you. I got a hug, so... But uh, you, were, you were too considerate, and you go way wide and don't hit anything at all. You know, just some advice. It hurts until it doesn't. Uh, I, knew, I knew that wouldn't be helpful. So uh, let's put it at uh, Christenberg's turn now. Um, a post-it tells me I have a robot baby. Is oh, any- yeah. Is there any use to the robot baby? Uh, I mean, there's tons of uses. I don't think you know any of them. It's uh, Probably not. It's heavy. You could hit someone with it, maybe, or you could tell it something. Give it a command. Give the robot baby a command. What was that? Tell the robot baby. Give it a command. Maybe it'll... Oh. So if I tell the robot baby to, like, infiltrate the milky white spot... (laughs) And retrieve whatever's inside. I can uh, attempt that. You can't. Yeah, definitely. Oh my God, I'm gonna. I'm gonna do happening. that. All right. Yeah. Say it. Say it to the baby. Baby, 
Go to the milky white spot. Like you mean it, McKenna. Yes. Go inside of it. Like you know take, the baby's take, going to do it. Take hold of the milky white spot. And, and bring it to me. <laughs> uh, you say those things and the robot baby's like, bzz, bzz, all right. He, uh, he starts waddling over toward, uh, towards the giant demon thing. It's, uh, he's, he's getting over there. The demon doesn't seem too occupied, probably because it's a robot baby. And he starts climbing up his leg, but it's going to take some time before he can actually infiltrate the milky white spot. For some reason, he doesn't seem to notice the robot baby. It's a weird, it's, it's a weird phenomenon. Okay, so then because I know the robot baby is approaching the milky white spot, I use uh, diplomacy, and I look at Father Tinder and say, uh, Father Tinder! Uh-huh. Can we, <laughs> sorry, I was hearing you, echoes. It's just the sounds of Portland. There's, <laughs> there's trains, there's... 5,000 people outside. I thought, I thought I was hearing my demons for a second. Father, <laughs> D- Father Tinder, uh, one moment. Can you just look at my face for a second because I'm going to explain to you why you are such a great leader. But I'm using my diplomacy, which is basically hypnosis. Yes, I'm lying. Yes. Yeah, you can't use diplomacy for lying. Oh, I can't? Okay, thank you. Okay. Oh, Father wow. Tinder, you look like a piece of shit. <laughs> Father Tinder, this final, this final thing that you've turned into is no good. No one likes it. You have no friends. You're going to defeat us and then you're going to be all alone. So stay still for a moment because I want you to. <laughs> I really want you to stay still. It's my heart's desire that you do not look anywhere but into my eyes. <laughs> he, he glares at you with his red eyes, and he looks, he looks like he's looking directly through you and through your soul. And he's like, I don't know what you're getting at, but I feel like I'm trying to, or I feel like I'm being manipulated here. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to start looking around <laughs> continuously for the rest of um, the turn. Where, where's the, what's the status on the baby? The baby's still working around. He's, you know. Okay, he's, so he's met the resistance. The resistance. He's headed for <laughs> the resistance. Someone said. Someone in the audience said so that, that. That was my turn, right? Uh, I mean, you could do a short action because you only said some words. Okay, so I, I, take, a, I take a sword... And I, I try to stab his foot, so I peg him to the ground. All right. Like a, like taxidermy, like a moth. <laughs> you stab at his foot, and it, uh, it doesn't pin him to the ground, but it does hurt him somewhat. Would you stab him with a sword? I did. I stabbed him with a sword. Those are sharp. It deals eleven damage to his foot. All right. That's good. I clap my hands like I finished a job, and I spit on the ground and twirl. Like Mighty Mouse. <laughs> that yeah. might just dust off your hands. Move. Yeah, exactly. Is that actually happening? Yeah, that okay. happens. Okay, yeah. just making sure. Yeah. All right. And then I say, let's all journey towards truth. And then I sit down on the ground. All and then right. I regret everything I just did. <laughs> Putting it at uh, Sharpie's turn. All right, lightning bolt at the milky white spot. It's not the first time I've said it. I feel like 
Okay, I'm gonna say that after this, you're out of spells uh, of the third level because that sounds. You're like cutting all of them. me off. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> you only have so many. I mean, that's how I, it when's works. the last time you heard me cast a lightning bolt? You've only you've cast three level. Th- this is exciting. You've cast three level three spells. I can quit any time I want. <laughs> I don't have a problem. You cast your arms in a magical manner and pointing your lightning finger towards him, you unleash a torrent, a bolt, a bolt of lightning. A bolt of lightning, but because he's not heeding uh, Dignity's advice and looking all around, he finds it very easy to see it coming and he dodges out of the way. Ah, dumb. I mean, I don't want to tell you your job, but I that's I could explain it dumb. in a different way if you'd prefer. No, you roll. You just did such a shitty job that he dodged his out of the way. Yeah. All you're right. a terrible wizard. You're, hey, you're, look, you're a bad going, friend. You're a bad friend. It's going to hurt until it doesn't. <laughs> it's going to hurt until it doesn't. So, uh, so uh, Father Tinder Demon Guy, he... He, he's, he's, he's still not noticing this baby for whatever reason. <laughs> Maybe it's his stony skin makes him impervious to all but the heaviest of touches. But uh, he, starts, he starts squeezing on Sharpie. He starts squeezing on Sharpie harder. Jesus Christ. Uh, he, he fails at that, though. It's, oh, like a, it's like a neck massage or something. <laughs> I don't want to be one of those characters in the movie that says a little help, but... Sorry, I'm not going to do that. Help? I'm not going to do that. Uh, wait, did you just do that? Or? No, no. That's metagaming. I'm just saying I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm not going to be a hack and say, little help. All right. I'm getting choked. So let's put it at Seth's turn. Sorry, who? You. Your name's Seth, right? I mean, yeah, I, I'm a gnome barbarian. I know. By the name of Quad. I'm just trying to be friends with you. No, it's all right. And, and you know, I, I, I've created this artificial barrier. It's a defense mechanism. It's a, it's I a think we all do. Anyway, uh, I'm going to use my armulet of winter and call a sleet storm to try and obstruct the view of evil Dr. Tinder. All or right. Mr. Mis- Fa- father? Father, father Tinder. Tinder, so he I can't like see the baby. Dr. Dr. Tinder's, Tinder's pretty good. That's going to be my next sitcom. <laughs> So uh, you activate, holding your armulet of winter to the sky, you activate it, and driving winds in cold sleet? Sleet, you said. Sleet falls, falls, falls out of the sky and through the broken cracks in the ceiling. It's all making everything cold and slippery and hard to walk, and he's getting coated in rime, and it's getting in his eyes, and it's all, it's all kinds of trouble. Oh. He doesn't take any damage, but he's, he's, he seems to be uh, blinded or at least visually impaired. Mm. <laughs> That's good. It's great. That's great, yeah. It's one of the, yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> I mean, it is. It's great. Let's put it at uh, McKenna's turn, though. Who is Krista I'm, Berg? I'm going to add to the sleet storm mm-hmm. and use my weapon of sap to coat... The snow that is falling on his face. I, I love this idea, but a sap is actually like a beanbag full of quarters that you like hit someone with in the face. Can that co- can, it can coat? It can coat, right? Uh, <laughs> you could empty it out and then, like, yeah, yeah, it's like a beanbag. You could, you could, you could cut it open and I'm coat someone. I'm gonna cut it open and the insides are gonna coat into the ice. Yeah. And further... Now that, um, yeah, I can get behind that. It's, it's gonna block the, the view. Yes. 
With a deft flick of your wrist, you slice a small uh, incision in your sap and lead dust sprinkles out, being taken up by the icy winds and gets, uh, gets stuck in this guy's eyes harder. He's getting, he's, he's completely blind. If there was any, ever any sight he's had, it's gone now. All right. All right. Let's just keep, I, I get out a bucket of confetti and I'm just like, hey. <laughs> We just keep blinding him until he's he gives up. Which well, blind the, people the should ba- never the do. The baby's still crawling, right? Yeah. The yeah. baby's still working. Since it's after your turn, the baby he's reaching he's reaching in there. He's yeah, reaching where, in the so milky. Yeah, so the baby is at the milky white spot like around the he's, he's at the rim around. of the milky white spot. He's he's situated about it. He's he's reaching in there with his little robot arm and uh, he can't fit his whole <laughs> his whole body in there, but he's He's really going for it. He's got a lot of gumption. I love it. Let's put it uh, at a dignity. I, uh, I take out my lance, and I charge towards Father Tinder, mm. and I, I aim directly uh, between his eyes, which I know I've done before, but now it's with a different le- weapon. Mm-hmm. Here I come! Good over evil! All praise Sistrusha. Sistrusha. Because he's blind, you charge directly into him and you hit him right in the forehead. His, uh, his, his head skin that's made of stone, it cracks and several chips fall off. And he's got a kind of a dark hole in his head now. But he doesn't react like a human would to having his head impaled. Mm. In that he's still alive. <laughs> he does, however... What's the damage on that? Sorry, this is... Uh, it's like 80. Uh, come on, man. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. It's uh, <laughs> The damage is uh, 13. It's not. Well, it says 10 plus 3. 10 plus 3. That's it. Yep. 13. <laughs> All right. Dealing 12 damage to his face. Uh, he staggers back as uh, the force of your blow impacts him, and he drops, uh, he drops Sharpie in the scuffle. All right. See, I did that for you. Thank you. Let's put it at your turn. All right. So you said now you took all my spells away. No, just the third level ones. All right. You have less of them than any other spells you command. <laughs> right. Well, so Shocking Grasp is a level one spell. Yeah. And I'm right there with him. Mm-hmm. I just grab him and I, I whisper in his ear. I, I, don't, I mean, this is for Kevin. Which means nothing, but I want it to freak him out. And I shock and grasp him. This is for Kevin. I know what you did to Kevin. Blinded and confused by your strange words, you find it not difficult at all to, uh, to grasp him, shockingly. And lightning surges through his body. It crackles and burns. It... it the fact his skin is made of stone seems to make it not affect him so much, but it still deals seven damage. Yeah. Now, don't applaud. Don't. I fucked up. He's made of stone. If he was made of copper, that would have been a bold move. Or made of tinder. Portland, you're better than that. Don't applaud shocking grasp on a stone guy. I'm sorry. I let you down. I let your city down. All right, so uh, Father Tinder, he takes a couple steps back and he starts rubbing his eyes. Uh, he starts rubbing his eyes and he can see again for once. 
He takes his large uh, rocky claws and he lifts them up in the air and you see several spikes made out of white energy coalesce in the sky like icicles and start falling all around the area. So oh uh, God, he's Halle Berry. In what? The, the moon. The, uh, uh, oh, storm, storm. I guess, yeah. I mean, I don't think of Holly Berry as Storm, I guess. It's on me. Because you saw a swordfish. No, I didn't. I know what you're thinking I saw about. a Catwoman. She drinks milk in that. It's sexy. <laughs> I haven't seen, I haven't seen her in Catwoman. It. It's, oh, not, it's, it's hilarious. It's, it's, it's terrible. Her origin story is. She, like, works at a makeup factory or something? I don't know. It's, it's, it's cats horrendous. Cats lick her into being possessed by cats. What's going on with that Batman show? The Gotham? Like, they got the... What the so the whole show is just before Batman? Brilliant. <laughs> at, uh, at Comic-Con, they had billboards everywhere for that. And the kerning was kind of off. And so... The kerning just, was off! No, no, no. no. <laughs> Trust me, it's going somewhere. No, I there hear was, you. In, in the guy. middle, if, if you if you like crossed your eyes a little bit, it just said "got ham," and got <laughs> ham. <laughs> and that is a show I would watch. It all takes place. Is Bruce Wayne in the show? Is he a character? Is, I, I is, he's a kid. Like, he's a kid. Like he's a little. So, so, so it's like Smallville before before. Yeah, Clark except Kent. Clark I'm, Kent didn't I'm do anything it. interesting I'm into at all. It. All right, and who's the Mooney Fish person? Uh, she's Jada Pinkett Smith. They invented a character. They made a new character up. She's yeah. just a fish person later. According to comments on those trailers. Right. Good luck, Gotham. <laughs> what so, do I know? I just wrote Monster House. Thank you. <laughs> what was happening? You guys were getting hit by icicles or something. Holly Berry, right? Yeah. So you guys, you can't dodge out of the way. All these four spikes are too much, and you take. Uh, well, let's see here. Quark takes three damage. Christaberg uh, takes five, and you two take eight. Okay. I, re not... I reject that. Well, I mean, you still take it. Except uh, it's a matter of opinion. <laughs> Sharpie, what are I haven't I haven't fought many stone creatures. What do you think would defeat a stone well, creature? You know, stone hates dynamite. I think that's the kryptonite for of stone. Also, I mean, we paper. all grew up with that phrase, but come on, give me some good advice. <laughs> I'm not sure. I uh, what, what anybody uh, out there ever fight stone creatures? Paper, paper. I'm hearing a lot of paper. Of course. Wait, wait, so pickaxes. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Like a diamond pickaxe would definitely go through this like butter. Earthquakes. Anybody? Water. 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 Water's good. Erosion. I like the idea of like 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 sprinkling Slogan. him with water Slogan. and then freezing it, and cracking. Well, him in half. I I have the ability of creating water. It's not my turn, but. I, I, get back I, around. Do, do, are you speaking as the character, or yes, are you I'm telling me a new thing? Uh, I can create water. <laughs> I can wash away our trials because and tribulations. If you created water and then I did uh, Ray of Frost, maybe we could. <laughs> it's not like Mr. Wizard or anything like. like I don't oh, know. I wish everything was like Mr. Wizard. All right. Uh, sorry, Spencer. Uh, well, sorry, Seth, because it's his turn. You know, I, I, I. I kind of want to hear that level one spell so much that I'm going to use my uh, loot of, of charming uh -huh. and attempt to uh, charm some stuff uh, or things. Some stuff? I, I mean, probably uh, t tinder, tinder guy. 
It's been so long since you've played your lute of charming, it's quite out of tune, and the sounds you make are rather <laughs> discordant and not charming. Uh, he's not charmed. He's not charmed. Sorry. I rolled a three. So let's put it at uh, Christaberg's turn. All right. Since there's a nice hole in his head, mm -hmm. I happen to have a climbing kit with 150 feet of rope, so I'm going to use the climbing kit to climb up him mm -hmm. using the hole in his head mm -hmm. and hold out my hands hoping to use um, some water and frost. Oh, I mean, how would you know about to, that? Just play it cool, just play it cool. I play just, it cool. you know, I know my We're teammates not so meta well. Game. We're not, yeah. Yeah, so good. so I'm, I'm holding on. I'm mm -hmm. holding on, waiting. Yeah. yeah, so you climb astride the beast with your climbing kit, and you, uh, you ready your next action for the future. <laughs> What's up? The baby's turn is right after hers. So yes. The baby continues reaching around in the milky white void, and what he finds may disturb you. <laughs> Uh-oh. He, he, he pulls out his arm from the white portal with a pop, except uh, he doesn't. Instead of an arm, there is no arm. It's completely melted. It's okay. not a vulnerable spot. It's a, it's a hydrochloric it's, acid It's like the strongest container. spot on his body. <laughs> it's, well, at least we sent uh, artificial intelligence to check it out. Right? I'm okay. Just repair me later. All right, Prospector Robot Baby. Oh, that makes us feel more guilty, R2-D2. Yeah, stopping some happy. I love being kicked. <laughs> ah, that baby. Oh, the milky white spot. We thought it was like, you know, oh boy. Yeah. yeah but he's super ashamed to have that. And he's like, no, no hit me no, here. it's like, yeah, please. This is, this it is where eats all everything. Gosh, Great. Damn it. It's all like right. a Breaking Bad when they went through the floor. <laughs> Spoilers? Spoilers? I can't even think of what part of that, they're that still, was. They're still laying cable down in Portland. <laughs> Season one of Breaking Bad. Spoilers. <laughs> they're not quite... Time Warner hasn't come through yet. Um, but I like the sensitivity. It means you care about each other. All right, no, they I like, use... they like they like They like the golden age of television. They like storytelling. That's what I got from that. <laughs> you know, in the wire, in the wire, the uh, drug dealers win. The guy. What? All right. Okay. So. I use uh, create water. I <laughs> for the, <laughs> the single clap. I uh, I create water, and All I right. say, as Sistrasha has created life before, I shall create water for your death. <laughs> It's like the cranberries. So, mean about me that I'm very turned on by you doing that impression. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, so I, so I create water. I try I try to create water. All right, with Krista Berg riding atop Father Tinder and holding his head open, you pour your created water directly into his head void. <laughs> H2O, H2O. 
<laughs> trickles start to pour out of his mouth and his eyes. Oh, oh, hydrogen, oh. hydrogen, hydrogen. Too turned on for the stage. <laughs> All right, yeah, sorry. That happens. So, uh, Sharpie. Uh, I. I, I just leave, and I'm going to go look into some real estate. Oh, oh. Uh, you find several great offers. But I want to check the water pressure on every shower head. The water pressures are uh, optimal. Oh, shit. Well, what, what, I mean, is this a... Uh, right. I cast, There's no uh, heating units. I cast... Uh, I cast Frozen... <laughs> shit. <laughs> Disney movie Frozen. Ray of Frost. I cast a DVD of Frozen. Uh, uh, she, 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 she's a role model to women, but when she gets empowered, she has high heels and a slit skirt. Uh, I, I, I cast Ray of Frost. It's fine also. That's a post-feminist world. You can also be empowered by looking the way Wait, you who, want who in your Frozen castle. About? Frozen. Oh, oh, you're talking about Frozen. Yeah, yeah. You know, she goes like, let it go. And she's like, I'm letting it go. I'm like, you're letting it go? Those shoes look really uncomfortable. You made them? But it's, that's fine, too. Um, I, I cast Ray of Frost on the, uh, on the, on the watery, water-filled head wound. This is a Globetrotters move. We all work together. Yeah. This is going to be amazing. You do those things, and you fire off a ray of frost. It hits right in his, uh, his face crack. Uh, it's called a head. No, One. he has a crack in his face. All right. <laughs> all right. You hear the crackling of ice freezing over as uh, the void in his head becomes occupied by white ice. Dum. So at this point, I think it would be uh, Christoberg's turn, right? Because you've been holding your action until this, this happens. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I thought this was what you wanted. D forget about your nightmare of doing things wrong in front of a group of people. Well, I've still got arrows for my short bow, so I'm yeah. going to attempt to just shove... Don't say attempt. I'm, I'm going to fucking shove... Yes. A, an arrow through that ice. All right. Crack that fucking rock open. Awesome. That's how they do it on Salmon Street. That's how we roll. Shoving your fucking arrows into his facial cracks. <laughs> the arrows pierce through the ice and you give an expert twist and the entire rocky head explodes crumbling into ah! fragments. Of the of the of the upper part of uh, the state of uh, the country. Uh, oh, was that that was an ending, right? I mean, we exploded the guy's head. His head explodes. Music. <laughs> Thanks for coming to Harmontown at XOXO. Spencer Crittenden, our dungeon Seth. master and uh, comptroller, Seth who I hope can move on to the next chapter of his life without his fucking dumbass friends. Um, McKenna, who no matter what you do, you will never live on cooch. Uh, my lovely fiance, Erin McGathy, who uh, has taken the bullet of spending the rest of her life with me. And, uh, 
and Dustin Marshall, our producer, and Elizabeth, the drink maker, and all of you who stayed, and the ghosts, the 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 murdered uh, molten steel uh, murdered ghosts of uh, that once occupied this great hall, uh, looking down on us and saying, "I helped fight Hitler by making tank parts, and now you're doing hipster conferences here." But I support you because this is America. Uh, good good night, and have a great rest of your festival. Good night, everybody. National Security Agency to assess and flag citizens of the country who may present a threat to its security. The NSA has clearance to wiretap by any means necessary. Tapped. Incidental recordings of private conversations from the files of the NSA. Now on feralaudio.com. Hello, beautiful. I'm Amy Errett, founder of Madison Reed, a hair color company I named after my daughter. One of the things I value most in life is time. Time to spend with my daughter, time to spend with family, and the time I put into my company that's reinventing the way women color their hair. The busiest, most successful women I know use Madison Reed, the amazing hair color hack. In under an hour and for less than $25, Madison Reed delivers gorgeous, shiny, multidimensional, healthy-looking hair with an ammonia-free formula. You'll look like you just came from a salon, but the reality is you have more me time to do what you love. Things get busy. Let us take care of you and your hair. Find your perfect shade at madison-reed.com and get 10% off plus free shipping on your first color kit. Use code NEW. That's code NEW. Try it. Love it. That's the beauty of Madison Reed.